Imagine a world, if you will, where the Winnipeg Jets are buyers at the trade deadline. What are the Jets buying? Who are they looking for? Is it even worth the trouble? On tonight's episode of Locked On Jets, we're going to envision a situation in which not only do the Jets not stand pat at the deadline, they actually start acquiring assets, players, picks, whatever you want. We're going to think about all of the crazy stuff that the Jets might get into if, in fact, they were looking to really be competitive. There's a good chance by the end of Friday night that the Jets might actually be tied for a playoff spot. Obviously, there are some things that would have to break for the team, but... You know, Winnipeg has somehow clawed itself back in the race, and even though most of us are probably feeling not so great about those odds, you can never tell what the Jets are going to do. So strap on your fake GM hat and get ready to be an armchair decision maker. On tonight's Locked On Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. You are listening to the dulcet tones of uh, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets, where you can feel free to yell at me about my uh, scorching Winnipeg Jets takes. Though, in light of how the team is doing this year, maybe you'd actually agree with me more than you want to admit. If you want to keep hearing me spitting facts about the Jets, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and Odyssey. It's free of charge, and we really appreciate your support. Now, the Winnipeg Jets, as buyers at the trade deadline. A nightmare scenario for most of us, if we're being honest. I think we all know that from the season and the direction the team is trending, the Jets just aren't really the squad that I feel is at a level of being competitive. As much as I wish it wasn't the case... Winnipeg is more likely to start slipping down the standings uh, after this brief shooting percentage surge sort of dies out a bit. Now, I'm not saying the Jets are going to stop scoring completely. Uh, It wasn't likely that they were going to be shooting like 2% the entire season. But even then, you know, if the shooting percentage uh, wave kind of slows down, maybe Winnipeg's uh, goaltending starts to get a few less saves. It does seem like Hellebuck is trending backwards right now then it's not all that difficult to envision this team starting to slip out of the playoff race. They've just gotten themselves back in it, but if we're being honest, I wouldn't put a lot of stock in it yet. I I think that this team isn't really all that great, and even in some of their wins, they haven't exactly been super, super convincing. But before looking outside the team for trade options, let's focus on the internal rentals. This has kind of been a really funny thing that teams have talked about, which In some ways, yes, it is true because you are talking about, you know, the value that you would extract out of selling an expiring contract on the market versus um, the value that you actually get out of the games played, right? So if you think about it, you know, draft picks, how many games on average would a first, second, third round pick give you versus how many games you're likely to get out of this expiring rental contract and ultimately uh, into the postseason as well. So For some teams, you know, it's not really worth letting a contract go if that player is actually still very productive. They're on a good roll for a playoff seed. They're looking at a deeper postseason run um, in the larger picture. And uh, the pick that they're getting offered isn't really anything spectacular. I think there's a valid argument there. But for the Jets, when it comes to Andrew Kopp and Paul Stastny, I really don't think that applies. I think Kopp 
and, and Stastny both need to be moved to uh, actual contenders. You know, you, you recoup those assets, you start looking for um, draft prospects and stuff because the Jets have other kinds of internal rentals that I think have been, you know, a little bit overlooked. I think one of the biggest ones that I'm very interested in is David Gustafson. Now, Gus hasn't really had a lot of NHL time owing to um, some unfortunate injuries and stuff. His upper body had a couple of hits that, you know, unfortunately held him out of the lineup for several months. But now he's starting to get back in tune with the Moose. And if, uh, you know, his form and some of the highlight reels that we're getting from the Moose are anything to go by, Gus is better than ever. But we already knew Gus was kind of a beast. It's just sort of finding a way to get him into the NHL lineup. And I think the easiest way to do that is to start opening spots. I'm not saying that you have to trade the entire team. I think that would be a little bit silly and misguided. However, I think the Jets have a lot more internal options than they've let on. If you get rid of Brendan Dillon or, say, even trade Neil Pionk, you know, you've got Vili Heinola waiting in the wings. Now, Heinola doesn't really play uh, Dillon's style of hockey at all, right? You're looking at more of a... I wouldn't even describe him as Pionk because I think Pionk has a very different approach as well. Uh, he's just a very modern, sophisticated, puck-moving D who doesn't really do a lot of defending because his defense comes from... Um, keeping the puck cycling and moving out of the defensive zone constantly, right? So it's, it's you almost call it defense through uh, progression, which I think is a really unique concept for a lot of D. We don't see guys who are really active in springing defensive breakouts as much as guys like Heinola do. It's, it's not often that you find that. A lot of times they're very patient on the puck. They keep it behind the net. They're looking for the, the perfect passing lane and stuff. But with Heinola, he's constantly cycling it. One touch, one touch, one touch. Keep the puck moving. And I think that that is a unique skill set. I think the Jets really lack it. And if you want to give him NHL experience to start acclimating to this league, you know, you trade a contract off the blue line, you call Heinola up, or in this case, just unpress box him. Boom. You've got an own rental who's got contract control and frankly needs to be convinced to stay because with how the Jets have treated him over the past couple of years, you could probably imagine he's at least a little bit frustrated. Now, with Gustafson, I think Gus is definitely penciled into this roster in the near future, and it should actually happen after the deadline. I really feel like he's earned a place here. Even in his limited games before injury, I thought we were starting to see signs of him being a really good middle six center. Uh, is he a top six center one day? Maybe. I think he has the tools and skill sets that are really underrated uh, and underappreciated to eventually transition into a role like that. But, you know, uh, starting off, especially after just getting back from injury, let's not rush things. I think you can put him somewhere on the second or third line. Probably, like, the third line would make a lot of sense. Um, although, I, I guess, with how Lowry likes to run the lines, I'm sure he'll be the fourth line center because he's not going to bench his son in favor of um, Gustafson in the pecking order. So... At the very least, maybe the fourth line will actually be a little bit more watchable instead of the frankly very messy play we've seen. And Veselainen could also use somebody who's actually skilled. He hasn't had very good line mates recently, and a familiar moose buddy might be enough to get him kickstarted back up. There are some other own rental options, but I don't know that they're really worth mentioning because they're not necessarily getting called up. I'm thinking of Cole Perfetti, who we're just waiting to get healthy again. Not really the case that he's an own rental because he was already getting pretty regular minutes with the Jets. So... Now I want to talk about some external free agents and players who might be on the market even if they've got contract term. You know, I've, I've talked about it in previous episodes from an ESPN Plus list, which was very good and gave you a nice broad range of players. But I want to focus now on the guys I think the Jets should be very interested in 
if and only if they were interested in being competitors right now. Before then though, here's why you need to hear about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your New Year's plans. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but it's even better for you. They make it easy to stick to your New Year's resolution because it tastes so good, you'll actually want to eat it, unlike all those other waxy, chalky, boring protein bars you're used to. Built Bars are coated in 100% real chocolate and contain around 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Good luck finding a candy bar that's as guilt-free as Built Bars are. Ready to make the change? Go through your cupboards or all of your secret snack stashes and throw out all the junky, calorie-laden, super sugary foods that you can replace with Built Bars. You don't even have to love working out. Built Bars are suitable for every lifestyle and can help you cut calories the tasty way. To get started, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Start your New Year's resolutions off the Built way. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. While you may enjoy listening to my voice, you should also be tuned in to all of our other great podcast host voices. We've got some wonderful experts out there, and many of them will be featured on Monday, March 21st at 3.30 Eastern p.m. because they'll be guest starring on Locked On Fantasy Hockey's live deadline reaction show where you can get all the on-ice, fantasy, and betting analysis you need from hosts Steele Rodon and Flip Livingston, plus many of our other Locked On NHL affiliate podcast hosts. You'll be able to catch my reactions to the trade deadline on the following Tuesday where I'll have some pre-recorded thoughts for you as you wake up in the morning. Now, when it comes to Winnipeg and the trade deadline, obviously I've talked about being sellers, but this show is dedicated to being buyers because why think about logical trade situations and roster management scenarios when you can just throw caution to the wind and spend to your heart's content? On the show, we're not really going to be spending to our heart's content, but you know, aside from the internal rentals um, that you know might get call-ups and stuff, there are some players I would be very keen on the Jets taking a long look at. Of course, the number one name that I have on my list is Brock Besser, but Besser is kind of like, he's one of those guys that I don't really feel is going to be in Winnipeg's budget. I think the Jets are going to have to take a hard pass because, you know, Vancouver's going to ask a King's ransom for him, and honestly, I don't know if he would actually want to come to Winnipeg. If he was amenable to it, though, you know, the Jets should absolutely be banging on the door. I think that it would be a mistake to overlook his incredible finishing talent. Ironically, you know, the Jets don't have a lot of scoring ability this year, which is, you know, very different from how they used to be. Uh, Back in the good old days, you could say, you know, all four lines had some pretty potent sniping ability, maybe a little bit too much to be sustainable. But, you know, that's kind of a discussion for another time. Besser is a repeatably proven uh, sniper and, and shooting percentage influencer without being a huge drag on a lot of defensive work, right? Brock will track back. He can actually mark out passing and shooting lanes. He doesn't do it like amazingly well, but this is a pretty industrious, hardworking forward, especially for a guy who is primarily thought as being an elite goal scorer. I'm personally a big fan of his game, and I wouldn't be averse to the Jets taking a run. If Winnipeg was maybe getting a little bit spendier, you know, Dylan Strom could be another option. Strom, I think he's kind of in the situation where Maybe his on-ice performance might not catch the eye immediately, but I can assure you this guy has incredible tool sets. He's got a very tall, lanky frame that I think would be 
you know, pretty dominant down the middle for the Jets. And, you know, you've already got your first line center in Dubois. If you need a second line center who can be an excellent attacking forward with great passing instincts, great vision, Strom is definitely another very expensive choice. He's in the prime of his age group, and he's seemingly doing pretty well, even on a very bad Blackhawks team. So, you know, Strom, I, I think, could really be valuable, and he's also got some positional versatility. If you don't want to play him down the wing, you can play him down the middle. You can do whatever you want with him, except asking him to play a lot of defense. He doesn't really do a lot of that sort of stuff, which, hey, he'd be welcome in Winnipeg at that rate. Both of those guys are not really rentals, though, because they're a little bit more, um, you're looking to extend those players long term, and I think that that would be the sort of uh, trade that happens with a contract extension basically stapled to it. If the Jets are looking for wingers who are full-on rentals, guys that I would not really be keen on bringing back, um, obviously Max Domi is probably one of the bigger ones. I think Domi's been linked to the Jets for a while. I'm personally not a huge fan of his game, and you know I have some stuff with his off-ice behavior maybe that I'm not hugely in love with, so... <sighs> Max Domi, I think, would get along with Jets fans, but I just don't know if I'm really into the idea of him. Maybe he's matured, maybe he's grown up and changed a bit, but, you know, I think that there could be better options for Winnipeg to pursue. If they wanted a guy who actually is defensively responsible, can be a nice fourth-line center and you could probably pair him with, I don't know, Veselainen or something, and they'll actually do pretty good work together. Johan Larson is one of the better rentals available, and for the Jets, he would actually be a really big penalty kill guy. You know, Winnipeg doesn't really have that great of a penalty kill, or at least it didn't until Lowry took over. Funny enough, that's like one of the few things that's really improved. I think the biggest change has been the aggression, which is leading to a lot of odd man breakaways and stuff. Larson's not going to be uh, an elite shorty scorer, but if you're looking for a guy who, again, is defensively responsible, understands his D positioning extremely well, and doesn't completely kill you at 5v5 with lackluster offensive output, Larson's not bad, and he'll probably be pretty cheap. You know, a third round pick or something, I think, could probably get it done, unless the rentals are really expensive this year. We're kind of waiting to see what the market is. Um, the the yarn crock deal was kind of not super cheap, so... Maybe I'm actually wrong. Maybe he's going to be pricey, but I have a hard time imagining the market for Larson is like insane, insane. I kind of feel like Yarncroc tends to be regarded a lot better than most of the uh, most of the rental options that are available. Now, if money were no object and the Jets could acquire a player with term and somebody who would be around for the next couple of seasons, I would be kind of interested in JT Miller. I'm not going to lie. The cap space doesn't really work, and I have a lot of other issues with Miller's game that, frankly, wouldn't really translate to being a great fit for the Jets. But, you know, in an ideal world where the Jets were very offensively ambitious, very aggressive, uh, favoring lots of fast transition and skill, Miller would be sick. That's all I can say. He's been an absolute force for the Canucks, constantly buzzing the slot, scoring tons of goals. Um, he's constantly involved with offensive buildup and production. You know, he's a points magnet. He's well over a point per game. He's had a monster season so far. So, you know, if, if the Jets were to really take a punt on a player with term and, you know, fully expect to pay through the nose, but also get insane value for the next couple of seasons, JT would probably be one of your best choices. Now, again, I ain't advocating for that because I have other players that I would probably prefer first, uh, Besser being one of them. But Miller, you know, if you're looking for a really crazy killer forward with, you know, about two years of control and you think your window is exactly in that time frame, go nuts.
Now, I've talked about some of my favorite forwards, and I, honestly, I have a lot of candidates from this class that I would be super interested in acquiring, but I also wanted to talk about defenders because this market is a lot more limited, and as interesting as some of the names are, you know, there's not a lot to choose from. So we'll focus on a couple of names that might be interesting for the Jets and uh, some of the warning flags that come attached to them in just a little bit. But before we go any further, I thought you should hear about why BetOnline.net should be your number one choice for all of your online betting needs, especially as we roll up on this NHL playoff picture. Football might be over, but BetOnline.net has way more odds and info for this upcoming playoff season. From scores, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. Not into football? No problem. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. They've even got great lines for all of you Winnipeg Jets fans. From player points totals to award winners and more. Want to bet on Hellebuck winning another Vesna trophy? Log into betonline.net right now and place your bet. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. To get started, register for a free account with betonline.net right now. Start winning today because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello friends and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's Locked on Jets podcast. We are looking at players I would like for Winnipeg to acquire. Um, Some of the names have already been moved. You know, Josh Manson was at one point linked to the Jets. Kind of glad the Jets weren't the ones who actually picked him up. But, you know, some of these other guys, I'm sure, over the next couple of weeks are definitely going to be plucked from teams. Now, there are some names that I have a very keen eye for in terms of value uh, or maybe high risk, high reward. Um... Now, for value, I think Brett Kulak has to be one of the most sought-after names that I don't know if anyone actually cares about. Uh, Kulak, I don't know if he actually has all that many suitors. He's always been a fancy stats darling, a very effective puck-moving penalty killer with, you know, pretty sizable strength, and he's actually got, you know, a modicum of offensive production. You're not looking for, like, an elite top you know, top pairing defender, but if you want a capable number four or number five who comes in at a very low cap hit and brings some veteran savvy, genuine defensive skill and great positioning and solid skating ability, you know, Kulak is a lot better than almost everyone on this list. There aren't that many defenders on here that I think would actually rank above him. As far as like really risky options are concerned, the name that I've kind of circled, and I have a, a little bit of a reservation with him, is, is John Klingberg. I've always been a fan of Klingberg's game, but, you know, over the past several years, he has fallen off a lot. I would probably compare him to, like, the John Carlson decline, where, you know, the points production is still technically there. He's still scoring goals and stuff, um, although this season may be a little bit less so. You know, all that aside, you're still looking at a guy who basically derives most of his value from just scoring raw points. Uh, Offensively, he's not as prolific as he was at shooting the puck and creating dangerous chances. Defensively, he's just about break-even, which isn't bad necessarily, but you are paying almost $4.5 for him per season, which, you know, now he's a UFA, so he needs a big contract extension, and based on his performance, what do you even give him? I feel like, you know, he's probably going to get something closer to, like, a Neil Pionk deal, but, you know, Klingberg, he's got a lot of suitors and fans out there, I'm sure. Maybe they feel his uh, career can be resuscitated, and I would kind of be 
interested in that for a cheap price, but obviously he's not going to be cheap, and there's no reason to ever expect Dallas to take a discount. He's just a very valuable commodity. Now, is Klingberg going to be good for the next team that trades for him? I have no idea. I really don't know where John is at this stage. He's 29. This is usually when you start your decline pretty rapidly, so... Whoever's buying him is probably going to be overpaying, but maybe he starts to find his form again. Maybe a more high-octane, upper-paced hockey system that favors fast transitions and stuff is more of what he needs. I don't know. Uh, I think I think what we're seeing with him now is probably closer to his true skill level, uh, or at least what he can keep up with these days. It's unfortunate, but I just think that's kind of where he is. I would still probably choose Brett Kulak over Klingberg, but... If you really want to swing for the fences, go for a crazy big name that maybe people wouldn't expect you to trade for. You know, Klingberg is there. He's an option. I wouldn't do it, but if the Jets want to go crazy and bring him in, you know, whatever. What can you say? The more the merrier, I guess, or something like that. It's almost the weekend, though, and uh, the actual trade deadline is going to be next weekend. I am a little bit nervous, I can't lie. I don't think any of these guys or players the Jets would actually try to bring in, but... Maybe they have something really special in store. I don't know. It's hard to get a read on what this organization thinks about the direction of the team. But what I want to know is what you want. What do you think the Jets should be buying if they are buyers? Or would you prefer they sell? And who should they sell? Be sure to let me know at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. I'll have thoughts from uh, this this game against the Bruins um, on Friday evening on Monday's episode, so be sure to stay tuned. I am hoping to actually record a YouTube episode, so if I do, I will send out the link on Twitter and let y'all know. But again, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to make your second listen locked on fantasy hockey. Hosts Steel Rodon and Flip Livingston help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your favorite podcasts, so be sure to like, follow, and subscribe right now. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go!